listening to Glassby Gaming Radio Podcast. G'day, thanks for joining. It's been a while since our last podcast. Um, so I had a thought I'd get on and do an intro. I don't normally do intros, but um, a lot of things have changed from Glasby Gaming since we last um, did a podcast. We were going to try and amp up podcasts and um, interview a lot more people. Um, so I yeah had a <laughs> dirt bike dirt bike accident. Um, come off in the paddock and broke my shoulder and had to get a plate put in and done my knee and stuff. But um, on the man, it's all cool, but sort of had a bit of time to think about the business. For the amount of time we were putting in, for the money coming out, it wasn't really beneficial. Um, so we're still um, we're more focusing on people we sponsor, so um, all their merch and stuff, help them out. So we're um, still going to do uh, the sponsorships and stuff like that. Um and yeah, so it sort of changed with the podcast as well. We're thinking maybe not doing as much since I'm not, I don't even really game anymore. Um, so it's really hard to not keep me up with anything, all the games and stuff like that. So we're, I don't know, I'm looking maybe towards doing more YouTubing, sort of um, try that out. Um, yeah, so just thought I'd get on and explain that a bit more. Um, yeah, we're still looking at running guys going for a bit. We'll see how it goes, just with more focusing on the sponsorships and um, they do a bit more work for the team GGA, um, get some more merch out for them and try and um, raise a bit of funds, you know, for helping all the team out for different races and entry fees and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, yeah, so I haven't done a podcast for a while. I was a bit, um, I don't know, didn't feel like I did it hosting that well this time, like I wasn't very smooth, so apologise for that, um, felt like I rushed it a bit too much, but jumped on with Sean, it was really cool, um, yeah, just ran through about uh, how Aussie Drifco came about, um, asked him a few questions about that, um, and he was nice enough to open up about why they got the um, hashtag fuck cancer um, on most of their posts and cars and stickers like that. Um, so yeah, there is, I'm normally beep swearing out, but, um, just going to leave it with this one. So we'll have the, uh, so if you're young and shouldn't be listening to swearing, then you might have to give this podcast a skip, but, um, yeah, so it was really cool. Um, really appreciated Sean for coming on and opening up about his story about, um, why they use the hashtag fuck cancer. Um, so yeah, well worth a listen. We might possibly get on with the whole Aussie Drift Go crew, do another podcast, we'll see how we go, see if we can find some time to do that, definitely have to get on to do some more merch for them, um, but yeah, have a listen, and I uh, appreciate your support, thanks. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Glasby Gaming Radio Podcast, it's been a while, but we've uh, got Sean from Aussie Drift Go, how are you? Oh yeah, not too bad, living the dream, what about you? <laughs> oh yeah, it's um... Been yeah, pretty busy lately. <laughs> um, been off work for a while, but um, so what? How's Aussie Drift Go going? You been any more projects going on or? 
Um, it's been going pretty good. Just sort of been taking it easy since the new 300 horsepower cars came out. Mm-hmm. Slowly, slowly working on like some more like mid-range 500 horsepower cars, but just all slow and steady, more like focused on real life at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so whereabouts are you from? You're in Australia somewhere. Yeah, I'm in Adelaide, like right by the beach down south. Mm-hmm. It's um, nice to actually do a podcast with someone in Australia and not getting up in the middle of the night to try to get in the correct time zone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where did, what what first got you into drifting? Like going back, what, what was your first interest in it? Oh, man. I'm just sort of... In every video game I've ever played, I always just sort of tried to slide around the corners and get the cars sideways. And then probably the first ever thing was like, I saw like an old, I think it was on like SBS, like ADGP or something recording. And I was mm-hmm. like loving that. And uh, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe like Forza was like the first game that we really ever drifted, drifted in. Yeah. Did you ever um, go to many, like, real-life events when you were younger or like, just recent times? Yeah, no, not when I was younger. More just um, the last three years, really. Sort of been going to, like, almost every event for, like, the last three years since I really got into the local scene. Mm-hmm. So what, um, is there much, like, over in WA, obviously, when you got the one place in Perth that's the main club and stuff. Is there many drift events or clubs or anything over there? Um, there's pretty much the one main one as well, like Drifting SA. But there's like a lot of other small ones that do like private sort of events or like smaller events. Like um, whatever. there's like one called Foolish Line and then there's like the Girls Only one, which is like the Glitter Gang. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, mainly Drifting SA, and then I work with them now, like, running the simulators and doing, like, the, what is it, like, the course previews and making the each layout for every round for people to play on the sim. Oh, yeah, that's cool, yeah. So do you um, take Sims 2 events, or is that just, just at home sort of stuff? Uh, they own two Thrustmaster T300s, and then a couple of their drivers bring their computers and screens and stuff. I do want to eventually get my own, like, full setup to take down there, but saving up yeah. for a drift car right now. Yeah, sweet. What, what car are you thinking? I'm going to get another Lexus, like a IS300. Yeah. So, you can keep the original engine, or are you going to engine swap it? Uh, the one I'm saving up for has a 1JZ swapped into it, so... The IS three hundreds, yeah, IS three hundreds come with a two J, but they've swapped it down to a one J. But that's okay because it has a turbo. So, yeah, so no, I should go right. Yeah, I've seen the um, I haven't seen many of them, but yeah, I've seen a few of those Lexus getting around. Yeah, um, they're a bit different. Yeah, no, different's cool. I love seeing different cars, and but we've, um, we're just uh, I haven't. Now I'm not living in Perth anymore. I don't get to go to too many events as much. But, um, yeah, like a little while ago, um, I was all just over shit boxes when I first started watching it. And um, 
all the standards are getting right up there now, you know, really nice cars and putting a bit of time and effort into them. And I think there's a couple of rotaries up there now, which is something new for WA, I think, but haven't really seen many of them, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of uh, cashed up bogans in WA, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think Luke Visma's worked with you a few times, hasn't he? Yeah, we made his original car and then he had someone uh, update it to like the his, all, all his newer stuff that he put on it. And then yeah. we're sort of like, we sponsor him. We're sort of like a social media sponsor, I guess, where we just like, you know, I give help him out when I can with 3D stuff and share his posts yeah. when I uh, actually see him. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's got a pretty sick car now. I've got to... Um... I go watch him with his got that um, LSA supercharged LSA in it now. I think so. Looks pretty off chops. We've been having a bit of trouble. I think every, all these cars have been catching on fire. But I think the last round we had, or first round here, he won it, took it, took the win. So it'd be pretty cool. I have to go off and watch him sometime. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's a lucky boy, that's for sure. Have those cars. <laughs> yeah, because well, um, he's right into the. Well, for quite a fair while now, I've been riding the sims and doing competitions. And so, have you have you ever had the chance of drifting much? Like, is it is it something? I know a lot of people say. Well, soon as COVID hit, come in, that was everyone was buying a sim. Like they were hard to get and parts and rah rah. But um, a lot of people say like, um, I listened to a podcast of Luke Fink. I think it was. They're saying like kids now they'll be going on a simulator, jamming simulators out and stuff. And then hop in a car and can pretty much drift like flat out. You know, obviously there's different feelings and stuff, but the going around the corner, but they're saying they can pretty much jump in a car straight away. Yeah, I haven't had a big chance yet. Like I took my car out the other week, but the diff wasn't having a bar of it and it just wouldn't lock up. It's meant to be an LSD, but it's obviously a bit old and tired. So just yeah. did a couple of quick sessions but didn't really achieve too much yeah but that's why i'm saving up for something a bit better i guess yeah yeah i guess um taking it yeah but you know you're not worried about breaking it if you've got to drive it to work or get around on it as well (laughs) oh yeah exactly like all i've got is my daily right now because just when i was sick and stuff like that i never really had a full-time job to be able to afford anything like that and like when i when i did have a full-time job it just wasn't really on the radar like i wasn't that into it yeah yeah that's fair enough um so you mentioned you played um forza was sort of where you first got into drifting on games um what what forza was that was that one of the earlier ones or yeah one of the earlier ones like what would have been like I think maybe like maybe like Horizon three or is that a new one? I think three is the I haven't even played them for a while now. Um, three I think was Australia and then four is a new one that we've got. I think at the moment they're waiting for five to come out. Yeah, let me have a quick Google. See, uh, yeah, no, Forza Horizon Four is the newest one, so it probably would have been yeah. like uh, number two, two maybe. 
Yeah, 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 yeah number not, two, I, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I started playing on three, I think, the Aussie, Aussie edition one. Yeah, so I just play yeah, on con- I just play on controller and stuff, and that was pretty fun. And then all the motorsports were pretty fun. And me and my mate would just like make cars and tandem, and I'd go over to his place and we'd just get the old controller tandems. Yeah, yeah, I think um, Forza's cool for um, like you know, if you can't afford a sim, you can't afford a car, like, or as a kid or something, it's pretty cool to be able to. You know, good game, you can still drift and have a bit of fun. Yeah, and like all the customizing in that is what people enjoy. It's pretty much the main complaint I get in Assetto is like people wish they could just customize the cars to how they want them to look, but it's just not really how Assetto works. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So where, where, um, how did you transition from Horizon and get into Assetto? Uh... I used to watch old Slap Train on YouTube and I just see him playing Assetto and like all the mods and stuff is what got me there because I was yeah. went from Xbox to playing Gran Turismo on PlayStation and I bought a G29 and that was all right, but it was really, really, really hard and like just everything I yeah. learned from that just didn't transfer over onto computer. So that's a really hard game to drift in on the wheel. So I guess if you can do it in that, you can do it in anything because I switched over to Assetto just because I wanted to just have that freedom to be like, oh, if this track exists as a mod, I can play it. And if this car exists, I can use it. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, I've never had the chance to play Assetto, but it looks pretty cool with, um, yeah, you got all your real life tracks and, Cars and now, um, you know, like I was saying Luke's got his own car on there and everything like that. Um, so I guess we'll sort of get in that a bit later. But um, what sort of, in your opinion, what's a good sim setup to for a setup? Because like, I know I'm not, I'm not um very knowledgeable on any of the sim setups. So I had like an old cheap one that I tried to play in fours, which broke pretty much straight away. But what's a what would your be your ideal sim setup? Um, just all depends on your budget, I guess. Like my ideal one is, I guess what I have. Like I've got the Fanatec CSL Elite, which is a bit more pricey, but it's like I'm I'm one of those people that would rather spend a bit more and get a high quality product rather than like buy like three of the cheap thing and it just breaks, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Fanatec setup, or depending on your budget, like a Logitech is okay, but that's the real bottom yeah. end. Like, that's um, it's gear-driven, so it's like there's one cog going onto another cog, and that's how it spins around. Whereas, like, yeah, if you went, yeah. if you go to a Thrustmaster, it's at least a belt-driven setup as well. Mm-hmm. So Thrustmaster yeah, right. is what I would say is the bare minimum, really. And then yeah. if you can afford it budget-wise, a nice Fanatec setup. Especially they came out with, like, they're coming out with some new direct drive wheel, which is pretty cheap, which will be, like, the most smoothest feeling yet. Yeah, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen um, some of them are pretty fancy, like, um, obviously not just for drifting, but... Um, well, we've got the hydraulics underneath the seat, so when you hit a bump, yeah, 
where you see guys up. That's pretty cool. But um, do they do them for? I haven't really seen too many of them for drifting with the hydraulics underneath. The motion rig, yeah, they do a few. You just got to um pick which one you want, really. Like on YouTube, there's like the YouTuber Taylor Ray. He does a review on like the cheapest one on Amazon, and he uses our cars in the review, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so um so how did how did Aussie Drift Co start? Like obviously you were mucking around a bit with the Seto. What made you start that all up? Um it just meant I wanted to start Aussie Drift Co because when I got on to Seto, I was kinda of just playing with me and my mate Tate, who is um sort of like the co founder of Aussie Drift Co because I'm the owner because mm-hmm. I put all the effort and the money in and all that, and he sort of just founded it with me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we wanted to do make our own server because we'd just end up going on random servers with, like, terrible ping and stuff like that. And yeah, right. we just wanted to find people in Australia. And I wanted it to be easy. Like, it was always such a struggle finding mods and, like, finding the cars and finding the tracks. So... So I made the Discord where you can just come in. There's literally a tab on the side that says current tracks and there's one that says downloads. So it can't get much easier than that, really. It's like two tabs and then you just use a little bit of brain power and download them. Mm-hmm. So how does that work with your, um, like I said, I've never played it. How does, how does it work with service? Do you have to hire them or how does that, like what's the benefit of having your own servers and stuff? Uh, the benefit of having your own servers is, um, well, yeah, you do have to hire them out to answer your first question, but not mm. if you, not if you have like, say if you had a spare PC, you don't have to, but I've only got the one. Um, and then yeah, you hire them out. I use streamlined servers, which is all right. They're not the best, that's for sure, but they're mm. definitely, they're up there, you know, like, um. There's some issues sometimes. It always seemed to be when we're doing competitions, there would be issues with the servers. But, yeah, you just hire them out, pay your fees. I I hire them in bulk. Like, I have seven servers, and I pay, like, one big bill every three months. Um, And at first, that was coming out of my pocket, but there wasn't seven then. There was only, like, two or three. Um, But now I've got, like, the Patreon where people can support us and help with more content and that pretty much pays the bills to get more cars made and the servers and they get bonus stuff too on there yeah that's right yeah that's cool um what is that a server per track or is that that not how it works yeah it's a server per track so um Basically, right now, we've got, like, server 1 to 7, and 6 of them are public. So we've got, like, server 1 is the 300-horsepower cars. Server 2 is the 420 cars, which are more like the easy, just, like, smash doors and get tandems, like, a lot easier. Um, Server 4 is our competition cars, when we did, like, the esports competition and they're like higher horsepower sort of like formula drift pro 2 style 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we got server five, which is like a dedicated toge server. So like nothing but mountain runs and tight, twisty roads. Yeah, uh, we got server seven, which is a smaller, like smaller server, but we run the 300 horsepower cars on there. And then we've got our Patreon server, which is the one that like uh, me and the boys play on a fair bit. And then the Patreons get access to that once they pay for their month or whatever, you know? Ah, yes. Like, no, it looks like cool. So how was it? Um, I've watched you, I think, once. You might have been streaming it or something on Discord. Um, how, how does it go about making the tracks? Because it looked like you're doing it off Google Earth or something, like, to get it all scaled i guess yeah so you find where you want to make in google earth and then the program sort of just grabs that and then it's just it's not always the best quality google grab but a lot of the time it's really really good but you Mm -hmm. just sort of you subdivide the terrain it starts off as like six massive triangles and you just like add detail in the areas you want it and then like around the edges where you won't see it you can leave it a bit less detailed and yeah you just grab it off google and then pretty much lay your track out once you got it to the detail you want uh lay out any like pits and objects you want and uh sort of paint up the ground to the colors it should be and then put it into game yeah so yeah how long would it take from start to finish to make a track so a replica, like, would take me a long time, you know, like weeks or months. Yeah. But, like, just a fun track that's just off the top of my head, I can get done in a couple of hours. Like, it's a lot easier if it's just imaginary, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. But say, yeah, like, cool. a lot of my tracks are still, like, half done, like Malala, The Bend, Calder Park... Calder Park's probably one of the more finished ones because Grant from Group Shift Slide made all the buildings for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I started Barbie Gello for Mitch Lana because he wanted a layout on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm getting it done slowly. I've just sort of been taking a break from track making unless it's imaginary ones lately. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, um, how do you keep your motivation up for that? Because, oh, I guess a lot of people wouldn't um, wouldn't want to sit there for that long trying to build trucks, you know, like get a bit repetitive after a while. Yeah, it's honestly hard, man, like keeping the motivation up. I had tons last year and, like, I built every track for that eSport series we did. So... yeah. It was, um, I had a lot of motivation then. I sort of burnt out a bit because I haven't been bothered really making too many this year. I think I've only made like two or two or so in maybe like six months, whereas last year I was punching out like one a month pretty much. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't know. Just with doing like business stuff, it's like at the start, it's all sweet, but after a while, I just, you know. Uh, trying to find the motivation to keep going. So is that the um is that the same with how do, how do you build cars? It's like uh, a lengthy process as well. Yeah, so the cars can take 
even longer, you know, like depends on, it depends on a lot of things, you know, like how much time, like I pay a guy to make the cars generally because I just wouldn't yeah. have the time to do both. But I sort of design them and tell him what to put on them and then he just smashes it out. And um can take anywhere from like, if it's something simple, like you can convert cars out of other games and then you just, they could take like a week to a month maybe most for a quick conversion with nothing custom. But yeah. then say in our new 300 pack, I designed a body kit that's like scratch made and doesn't exist anywhere in the world. That took 200 hours to get right. Shit. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So how does it, um, obviously you have to get the sounds. Is the sounds already in game or do you have to like get all the sounds from scratch? Um, they're pretty much already in game. That's kind of the one thing we don't do is make our own sounds. We just sort of find them and credit the original creators if we can find out who they are. And yeah. sort of you just got to deal with what you got unless you can make your own. But that's sort of the hardest thing to do is the sounds because, yeah, it's really weird to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's just loot. Yeah, Luke Vision's car. I watched a video not too long ago, and I noticed like his new updated one. It's all like it, you can hear the supercharger and everything, which I thought was pretty cool. But how does it? Um, is it very? Can, is it glitchy? Like to do competitions, like scraping walls and stuff? Is it if you, you know, does a car like randomly bump off the wall, or is it how accurate do you find the game? Um. Sort of depends how the walls are made. Like, obviously, the walls aren't going to be accurate because the cars don't really crumple like they do in real life when you hit a wall. Yeah. Um, but there's there's little tricks you can do that make the car sort of slide along it a bit more. And um, we're pretty lenient on the colliders, so it's like the car would have a collapsible rear end, but. You just you got to get pretty deep into it before you actually make contact. Yeah, right. Yeah, so because yeah, there's, right there's these things that like called colliders, which is where you set like the boundary of the car pretty much, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can sort of bring the back in a little bit to make it like you were running a full fiberglass back with a bash bar and those little bits that stick out that collapse when you hit the wall. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you how did you learn? Did you sort of learn all this as you go or did you have people that had prior experience? Uh no, we all started pretty much new, like it all started like we were using Tando Buddy's car pack and that was like super easy and then we really enjoyed those cars, but we wanted to make our own like sort of more Australian cars. And yeah. um Oh, there was an Aussie guy on Facebook that had made a ute. He made a VY ute. And I mm-hmm. asked him to use that. And then he said yes. And then we had like a Matsuri event that I invited him to, to like come drift online. And he had heaps of fun. And he was like, oh, you guys need your own car pack. And we started off with 12 cars. 
And now we're at like 150 or something like that. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So that's obviously, um, yeah, so that's <laughs> how many were you smashing out a month? So you were saying you pay someone to do that or? Yeah, you know, pay him. Oh, oh, he was doing it for free for quite a while. And then like when I could afford to pay him, like when I got a job, um, I was paying him like a little bit every week when I got paid. Not not heaps. Like he does it pretty cheap, you know, because yeah, he, he sort of gets other work out of it. Like people ask him to make cars and stuff like that, and he will just you know he can charge them a bit more and make a bit of cash off them. Yeah, that's right. So he sort of does that's it cool. to get his name out there, I guess. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. That's no, cool. Um, I just love the idea of it. Like how you can customize everything so much like it's I don't know almost seems as real as you can get without being real um yeah so what's what's it like doing the comps like is it hard it Uh, looks like as a a, (laughs) because like as a um spectator aspect it looks it looks sick like you got all the different camera views and I don't know it almost looks like you're watching a comp real life you know um looks yeah as close as you can get sort of thing yeah like it is pretty fun it's just like stressful doing it because like when you're the one organizing the majority of it and you have a pretty small team it's like Mm. not the easiest thing so look if one person didn't show up it would be a bit of a dilemma so um because i i post the sign up I'd do all the lobbies. I'd be the co-commentator while streaming and um, also sort of just overall like the event organizer. So I was doing quite a lot and it was, you know, I get really anxious leading up to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So do you have, um, how do you get to um, judge? Like how does the, do you have real life drivers or is that? Uh, we had a bit of both. We had a couple of real-life drivers. We tried to switch the at least one judge every round so people couldn't say there was, like, a bias against them and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, I think the best real-life driver we had was, like, the Flash Spawn Racing. Yeah. So he drives yeah. in, like, high-tech and stuff like that and has a pretty sweet S15. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. So how many... How many- like, people, is there part of Driftco that makes up Aussie Driftco? Uh, f- for the comps, it was, like, a five-man team, I think. It was, like... Yeah. Oh, actually, there was six. So there was Ben Snell as the main commentator and then me as the co-commentator and streamer. And then we had the three judges, which were generally... Uh, Michael, Moz, and Tate, like the co-founder. But if someone couldn't make it, that was fine. We'd like rotate one every round anyway. And then we we had our shit kicker, which was Sydney. He'd be the one like jumping down into chat and being like, all right, you two, you're up next. Get ready, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So just run that all through Discord? Yeah, all through Discord. And then now that we're sort of just chilling out, it's um it's basically me 
uh, Yin, who is Walk Studios on mm-hmm. Insta, and um, BCV, which is Dylan, who's the car guy, Morg, yeah. who does our 3D stuff. He's a, I think he's a bit older, I'm not sure, but he lives in England or Scotland, one of the two, and he does our 3D stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Michael, who does all the custom shaders patch stuff, like gets all the neons working and all the lights and makes it so the body kit turns off on the press of a button and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll say. Who else? And Sketch as well. Sketch pretty much does a lot of the tyre development and um, uses, like, his engineering degree to make special graphs and shit to, like, make sure that we're doing it right, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. That's like, there's like, yeah, I was amazed when I, um, yeah, I watched, like I said, I watched a stream or something on Discord on time. <laughs> well, holy shit, like, this is complicated. It's not, I thought it was a fair lot easy, you know, like, just something like Falls, you know, something easy to build cars or whatever, but it's all from scratch. It's just, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's only a bit easy, like I said, if it's like a basic conversion, say, out of Forza into a setto so like some of our original cars took a lot less effort and then yeah. but our new 300 car pack there's like not a car in the pack that doesn't have something custom about it you know that was the whole theme to it was to really yeah. s- step it up now we've been doing it for like a year and a half almost two years i think yeah so how is that um because you've grown a fair bit, like, um, we obviously help out with the merch a little bit, um, and then started getting some orders, you know, from over overseas sort of thing. So you've grown, is it past Australia, like, you've, well, in Australia, obviously, got pretty big numbers, but how's it, how has that been, like, was there much support at the start compared to now? Um, at the start, it probably was mainly more Australians and then um, really sort of broke into the American market when I made that Clutch Kickers track. So we already had some fans over there, but now we got tons more. And then you even see like Formula Drift drivers like, uh, I don't know, like Chris Forsberg and Ryan Literal and some of the other big names out there. They use our cars to practice on. So that yep. that really helps, obviously pushes it out to there, like hundreds of thousands of fans. So yeah, it's been kind of slow, I guess, but also really, really fast in a way, you know, sort of all just happened. Like I never planned any of this. It was just for me and the boys to get tandems and drive the cars that we wanted. And then all of a sudden you got, people that are sponsored by Red Bull in Saudi Arabia that you're making cars for and stuff like that. Yeah, right. So is that, yeah. why do you think they um use your cars? Is that because they're more accurate or is it, yeah? They, they seem to think so. Like some people, the 420 car pack is like really divided. Some people like hate them. Some people love them and think they're way more realistic because they're sort of easy to drive and like cars in real life are kind of a lot easier to drive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas um, some of our like lower power stuff 
isn't as easy, but still very fun once you figure it out. Hey, how's it going? It's your boy Johnny, aka Wrenching. I'm a content creator. You can catch me streaming on YouTube and Twitch. I love cars. I own a Corvette. I hope to see you guys uh, in my streams. You can follow me on Instagram at Wrenching. Follow me on YouTube, Wrenching, as well as Twitch. I'll catch you guys later. Yeah, so we've got all your posts and stuff. And on your merch, you've got hashtag fuck cancer. Do you mind going into that? Like, why is that? What, what's what's the go with that? Uh, yeah, so, like, when I was, how old was I? Like, 21, 22. I had, um, maybe even younger, but, yeah, I had testicular cancer. So, mm-hmm. I was just working, I was working at McDonald's and bow repairs at the time i had two jobs and um yeah just like one day i had like a little lump on the side and i was like ah it's probably nothing it'll go away and then sort of like grew around the outside until it fully encased like one nut you know yeah it was a different type like one of the rarer types you can get and um just did that and then yeah it was like the day it like finished growing around it was like really painful so i was like maybe i should go to the doctors i've left it a while now yeah and so yeah ended up um going there having some bloke play with my ball and then he told me i had cancer yeah shit well i had to get blood tests and stuff like that and like they'll like test for like how much you've got in your blood and stuff like that. And then all happened pretty fast and probably like the hardest thing you ever got to tell your mum, you know, is that. Yeah. Um, yeah no, Cause yeah, like my, I had an older brother and he had a brain tumor and passed away from that. So then me, oh, then me telling my mum that I'm going to the doctor to get my nut checked out to see if I have cancer is like, pretty hard and then mm. then i had cancer and that was even harder you know yeah no, it's, um, yeah that sucks <laughs> i mean, kind of don't know what to say really that's um there's so many people that are affected by it. i've known people who've had it and will have it you know like it's um i think it's cool that you're even putting it out there you know like even if it's only a hashtag and stuff like that and whatever you talk about like it's yeah cool to, and bloody Facebook, whenever I put hashtag fuck cancer in there, because I'm swearing in it, they sort of hold the post back now. It never used to do it, but it's like a profanity filter they put on there. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's a bit annoying now. Like, it gets pushed out less if I put hashtag fuck cancer in there because it's swearing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was pretty pretty rough, you know, like it was pretty quick, like the space of like a couple of weeks, like one or two weeks, I'd um go to the doctor, get my results, go get a ultrasound, which was not fun at all. It was pretty cold having that gel <laughs> having to go down there. Yeah. Know? And then um yeah. 
get your results, and then like yeah, a couple of weeks later, you get it taken out, and um, it's a pretty big operation because they like cut through sort of where your waistband sits on your shorts and like fish it out down there through your abs. Yeah, so they, like, bring, they bring it up and out, and then um, like that was pretty painful recovery because they cut through your abs, so you can't really stretch or do much, and yeah. And then after that, I had to get chemo just in case it spread. Um, and then that was also pretty rough. And, um, you know, I remember on the first day there, like crying in the car on the way there. Cause it's a scary thing when you're like 20 years old. Yeah. And um, it's pretty toxic stuff, chemo, like the first few days like my vision went blurry where it's like I just couldn't see properly you know yeah yeah, the doctors weren't really sure what was going on but I guess it was just my body adjusting to all the shit they were pumping in Mm -hmm. yeah like chemo is the one they um, it's in like a tube they inject in your arm or something isn't it yeah it's like a big drip pretty much that like mine took eight hours a day it was a real slow one yeah so technically i was meant to stay in hospital but i was pretty adamant that i didn't want to so they let me go home every night and um i would just go in in the morning it was like a full-time job getting it and just lay there for like eight hours and then Mm -hmm. Because I was pretty muscly from the gym, the nurses could always find my veins really easy. Yeah. And then, like, by the end of it, my veins were, like, concrete, and I had to get, a like, a quick operation to get, like, what's called a pick line put in, which is, like, pretty much a vein on the outside of your body that they just plug into that goes, like, straight into your bloodstream. Yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> That's electric. Yeah, so get that, and... um that made it a lot easier because I didn't have to get a needle every day. They just chuck it in there and it would all be good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I used to have to get, what was it? Two weeks straight, I think. What was it? A week straight. I forget. It's a while ago now. So I'm like 29 now. So it's been a, a good few years since I got it. But um, yeah. I think it was a week straight and then I got like the next week I only had to go in one day but that one was like really intense and they never told me to take Panadol after and like if you get a fever when you're getting chemo it can be like life-threatening because you got no immune system so like I remember getting like rushed back to the hospital because I had a temperature because they forgot to tell me that you're meant to take Panadol every four hours after you get that singular injection one. Yep. So pretty rough there. But I got through it all, and, like, I've been cancer-free since then, you know? Like, um, so it's been five no not five been way longer than five like seven years now maybe i think maybe longer yeah really i got a terrible memory i can't i really can't remember how old i was yeah well that's good stuff man that's um at least you know 
Doesn't it? So normally within a couple of years, if it's going to come back, it does, isn't it? I thought it was fairly quick, or is it can be longer? Yeah, like once you're cancer-free for five years, you're technically a survivor, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's all good. And it, was, it wasn't like, because I was pretty fit, it wasn't too bad. Like um, some people yeah. were like yellow and like vomiting nonstop and like, because I was pretty fit and healthy, like I took it pretty well and I, I never lost my whole immune system, which was pretty rare. Um, yeah. What was it? They, I had to do like hearing tests and lung function tests every month and I'd always smash those and apparently I have some really good hearing even though I'm pretty much deaf and you can never hear it when people are talking to me. Yeah. Is it you have much? Is there much effect from all that now, or is it fairly right with it? Yeah, all fine. Like I'd always, I was always fine on like the lung function and the hearing test. Like the the lady that did the hearing tests, she said I had really good hearing in certain ranges. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, the only real thing that like stuck with you is like sort of the the mental thing. Like every time you get yeah. sick. Yeah, every time you get sick, you just, like, sort of think about the worst straight away, you know? Yeah, well, you wouldn't. I think even the, um, like, I, I kind of um, relate to cancer, I think, but just recently fell off my bike and broke my shoulder. And, um, like, I've been off work for know, three months now. I've had a bit of trouble with the muscle and had to get a plate put in an operation and stuff. But half of it, I think, is just the... Um, can be just the mental side that I know I'm going to be fine, but even just the, <laughs> even, you know, being off work and stuff, it's like, I don't know, just can get to you, let alone having cancer and knowing you could possibly die. Like, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, my hats are off to anyone going through that and going through it strong, you know? Yeah, for sure. The mental side's pretty hard, challenging for a long time, only really like, Lately, I've sort of gotten over it, like, years later. Like, never wanted to... Never really wanted to work a job that wasn't almost like a dream job, you know? Because it just makes you think about how short life can be and is for some people. Mm. But, like, sometimes you just got to, like, work a job that's a for-now job, and that's... You know, just get you through so you can more focus on the, the big picture of the dream, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I was listening to a podcast um, the other week, actually, and I was talking about, um, I might have been Luke Fink, actually. Um, but anyway, they were talking about how we had this mate that owned his house, owned, like, this work flat out, wouldn't come drifting or hanging out or anything like that, and... um. Yeah, he got can like just pretty much when he just about paid everything off, got cancer, I think it was, and died and you know, just talking like, dude, what's the point of that? Like he's you know, he can own own everything, can have all these toys and stuff, but if you're not out there enjoying life, like what's the point, you know, you don't know don't know when your day is, you know. Yeah, definitely. Just gotta do what you can and that's why I'm like I don't know, bit of a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. At least you, um, I don't know, you got to find your own way. That's cool, I think. Like, 
Yeah, um, like the Aussie Drifco doesn't make me a million bucks, but it makes me happy. So that's yeah, the main yeah. thing. Yeah, well, there's um, like friend doing the guys with gaming and just mucking around with YouTube and stuff. And like, I haven't really made any money out of it, any of it. Like, I don't think it's cost me. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, just just doing stuff I enjoy. Like making videos might only get a couple of views, but I don't know. It's just fun to do, you know. Like, um, I think it's cool doing all the drift car. That's you know, if that's your thing, I think it's cool. Like, it's lots of people enjoying it, and um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's um, just about what you get enjoyment out of, I guess. And um, like, yeah, just doing what makes you happy, even if it doesn't make you a million bucks. Like, oh, obviously, money is what makes the world go round, but it's not everything, you know. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you mentioned. Um, there's a couple of ways that people can uh, get to the Patreon stuff. How can people support Aussie Drifco? What's some of the ways that talking about money that helps you pay for servers and cars and trucks and all that? Uh, yeah, the Patreon's probably the best way, in my opinion, because it's like a monthly subscription, but you can cancel at any time, like whenever you want. And mm-hmm. um, you get bonus content that way, like people um sign up and then they get like all the content we're working on so like the new pro-am cars and like the comp car version 2 which is coming out you get all them like straight away rather than having to wait like a year until they're finished yeah um you get bonus tracks and we've got a few cars that are only available on there like uh i don't know what do we got like a vl turbo on there oh yeah so um then obviously the merch on your site uh the jumpers not -hmm. jumpers i mean shirts shirts yeah i want to do some jumpers soon because it's getting into winter sort some of the new designs out and stuff yeah so we can set that up yeah we just got a new logo which is still like i like the round aussie driftco one but we got a more like friendly one for like streaming i guess it's just like there's like adc and then aussie driftco below it yep there's like five different styles mm-hmm. um then you yeah, have some um, stickers as well don't you yeah, yeah, we, we got our stickers which is pretty good way like you get three pack for like 20 bucks i think or they're like 10 bucks each otherwise mm-hmm. so three packs generally the best and then one of them is the fuck cancer sticker, which um, 5% goes to testicular cancer and 5% goes to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So 10% of it goes to cancer charities um, at the end of the financial year. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome one to drop. Yeah, well, it's just the way to sort of give back because a few charities helped me out when I was sick. Like, even though I wasn't going to die, I still got like a make a wish thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, rather than getting like a material thing for myself, I took my mum and dad and my best mate to Hamilton Island for my wish. So it's like more memories than just, you know, having a thing, you know? 
Yeah, no, that's it, cool. That's so awesome. It was pretty pretty stressful for my mum and dad, so I um did that for them, you know, relax a bit. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, and um, what are we talking about? The merch? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just how I do it all the time. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, stickers. Um, yeah, so we got the shirts and stuff. Um, Kaisergaming.com. But we'll have to, yeah, definitely sort out some hoodies today. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, I sent you brought out some new stickers the other day. Was it the other day? I sent a post about. Oh yeah, we um, those are just like we're gonna print out all of them in smaller sizes, but they were some big, like forty-five centimeter wide ones that are gonna be going on Maddie Wayne's Ute um in real yeah. life. So, because yeah. he's like, he used to be a drag queen and all that, and he's like openly gay drifter. We printed out like a pride style one so it's got like the lgb i don't know you know the L, the yeah the, the rainbow flag on it i don't know the full like mm-hmm. lgbqt plus or whatever it is not yeah. to be not to be disrespectful i just don't know the acronym <laughs> yeah yeah no, 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 no. um no, but yeah cool. just show some support for him because like you know, he's just another bloke that loves drifting and apparently he's had a bit of a hard time with some people, like them not being hate-free. And he, he's a top yeah. bloke as well. He always helps um, out, like getting the Aussie Drift Co. out there into the real drifting world. Well, so. So yeah. we got we got six of those printed, two to go on his ute, and then there's a couple of other boys that wanted them that are um, regulars in the server. And then... We got a few different designs for that. We got like an Aussie flag one for mm-hmm. people that want more Aussie style. We got a plain one, uh, one with like a fade, sort of like in, you know, like the Adam LZS 15 fade, like yellow to orange. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. And I think Yin Walk Studios is working on a few more. Yeah, so after, um, I've still got yours at home. I didn't actually find... I was going to put them on the back of my ute, but then I'm putting a canopy on so that I'll run a waste of stickers and <laughs> um, I have to find somewhere to put them where I can keep them. But yeah, now we bought some a while ago. That's cool. You have to go front windscreen. Yeah, we have to, have to start on some window banners. So I'll put mine off and put yours on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have to get a window banner made. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so what uh, what's all your socials? Obviously, Aussie Drift Guy. Yeah. Um, we got Discord and stuff. Yeah, I tried to keep it the same everywhere. It's just Instagram, forward slash Aussie Drift Co. Same with YouTube, Facebook. And Discord, you can just, um, I think you can just Google it or um, just hit one of the links in either my Instagram or yeah, any of the socials, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. They're all, it's all on all of those. Pretty easy to find. Something like mm-hmm. fifteen thousand members in the Discord now, or something like that. Yeah, damn! <laughs> I don't know that many. That's cool. Yeah, oh, thirteen thousand five hundred and ninety-five. Yeah, no, that's decent. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, 
So I get in there, <laughs> and then Facebook is like just a bit over 7,000 likes now. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. Some slow growing. <laughs> yeah, I sort of... I sort of slacked off a bit and like my reach was going down. So I've been trying to make more regular posts again because like I said, I've just been focusing on working in real life so I can save up for a drift car and get out there before all the cars in the world are electric, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem far away these days. They're pushing. <laughs> yeah, luckily Australia is so big that we'll always at least have some petrol cars, you know? Yeah, we'll need it. <laughs> Yeah, like imagine sound. imagine if you had an electric car and you like wanted to drive like into Perth or something from where you live. It'd take you like three days. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen um, – we're actually talking about that not long ago. I've seen some people um, at a few different towns sitting there charging their car, electric car up and they look like just the way they're sitting, they look bored as like they've been sitting there for hours. <laughs> so I've always mm. wondered that how long they – um take the charge it must take a couple of hours or something but yeah it would take it'd take days so yeah we're lucky on that um with the distance <laughs> yeah some lady i don't know where it is but she was in perth like pretty rural and it, yeah it looked took her like three days to get somewhere that would normally take like i don't know a day if you had petrol or diesel yeah yeah because who's that um ford just ford have been bringing out um Electric cars, like a, a rally car. Is it? Who was it? I know, like that um, Hayley Deegan chick, she drove one, like electric all drive car or something. I can't remember who it was. It's like yeah. Ken Block or someone that's, that's driving uh, or drifting it. Probably. Vaughn Gittin Jr. had like the. Or maybe, yeah, it might have been him, maybe. The SUV Mustang, the Mark E or whatever it's called. He was drifting that. Yeah. It's a cool concept, but you can't beat the sound of an exhaust note. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> Supercharger, you know, yeah, all the sounds, just, I don't know. That's half of the fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, sweet. Thanks for your um, time. Appreciate that. It's been a, um, it was meant to happen months ago, but finally got it done. <laughs> um, right. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, hopefully you can edit it into something good, make it sound, uh, make me sound good. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think we missed half of the cut off there that with my internet dropped out. But that's <laughs> all right. It was, a, it was only like five minutes. But yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for the support and the sponsorship and all that over the last. I think it's almost been a year, if not a year now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. It's gone quick. It's, um. I don't know. I didn't feel like we started Ghost we going up that long ago. And it's, um, yeah, no, it's cool. We'll um, definitely have to work on some new merch and see what designs we can come up with. Yeah, for sure. I'm keen as.